Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Maybe you've seen the story on Facebook about the couple who's married for 79 years who remain in their home really taking care of each other. Or maybe the one of the older man who learned to apply makeup when his wife started to lose her sight so that she could still look the way she wanted. Or maybe even the one about the couple who died moments apart holding hands at the hospital. These stories are seen as inspirational and as the ideal that many hold when they say, I do and promise until death. What most of us don't realize is they don't have to be rare. They aren't unattainable. So the real question to ask is how more, how more marriages can last this way? To help answer this question, I'm joined by Elise Elhaj, editor of the Family Studies blog for the Institute for Family Studies. And we're going to be t- talking about a newly released study called Changes in Spousal Relationships Over the Marital Life Course. Love that title. <laughs> Authored by sociologist Dr. Paul Amato and his, colleague, and his colleague Spencer James of Brigham Young University. So, Elise, thank you so much um, for being on the show to talk about this study and for writing the article that you wrote about it because you know, everybody wants to know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so you much know. for having me. And like I said, you know, these, the, you know, we read these inspirational stories and it's like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? But we don't, we don't really know how to do this. So, so that was one of the things about this study that I found was really interesting because it seemed to really um, kind of blow one of those myths up that... Marital happiness is just due to decline, that there's really nothing that anybody can do about it. And this study really kind of shakes that up, doesn't it? That's right. It does. Um, it's, a, it's a really encouraging study. Um, so um, Dr. Romato has studied um, divorce. Most of his um, research has been focused on that, but this was- okay, an that's in- depressing. Well, the the, sort of the factors related to divorce and um, parental divorce, its impact on kids. And so this was an interesting Mm -hmm. study for him to kind of look at marital quality over the years and what happens to couples who stay together instead of looking uh, so much at divorced couples, what happens at the couples who make it. And so that's what makes the study really um, unique and really um, just really interesting and, and encouraging for, I think, for married couples or people who want to get married. Well, and that's a really interesting point because that's always been the question because, yes, there is the divorce statistic, which actually isn't 50% and really hasn't ever been, but, Mm -hmm. but people kind of look at it. It's like, okay, so what does that mean for the people who stay married? Are they really okay? Or is it, you know, because everybody can tell the story about the couple who, you know, seems to be miserable and makes everyone around them miserable, but they Mm -hmm. refuse get divorced for whatever reason, whether it's religious or financial or whatever reason. And so people kind of hold that up as, well, yeah, you may not get divorced, but then you end up like this horrible couple and you might as well get divorced. So how did, in this study, what was it that they looked at? How did they determine that marital quality doesn't necessarily inevitably decline? 
Okay, so um, well, first they they used a they followed couples for twenty years, um, um, and they they looked at about sixteen hundred married couples. Um, and one of the things that they did um, is they looked at both couples who stayed married and those who eventually divorced. Uh-huh. But they they separated the two groups, which is what's unique about it. And what he told me in our interview um, that you mentioned earlier is that separating those who stayed married a long time um, is important from the separating them from the divorce couples because um, previous studies have just grouped them together and that kind of muddies the results so that you get the results from the divorce couples as well, who obviously the quality of their marriage went down or they wouldn't have divorced. Uh-huh. So, um, so what he did in this is when he looked specifically at long-term married couples who stayed together, some of them 20, 30, 40 years, um, they, um, he wanted to see sort of how they, they made what happened in their marital quality over time. And so, um, it, they found, of course, as you said, it actually improves for the couples who stay, um, who stay married. And then, um, did you want me to talk about the, the variables they looked at specifically or? Well, cause you talked about, cause like in the study, they talked about the happiness, shared activities and discord were the three main variables that they looked at. And I'm curious as to, I mean, how they came up with those particular variables. I mean, obviously the happiness and the discord kind of makes sense. Right. And for me as a marriage professional, I, I get the shared activities one because that's actually a really huge thing that most people don't think about. But how did they determine that those were the variables that they were going to look at? Um, well, they, I think um, those are, they, that was just how they measured marital quality. I, he didn't okay. tell me why he chose those three, but you're right. Um, happiness and discord are obvious. Shared activities, I was glad they included that because um, research has shown, and I'm sure, I think one reason, he didn't tell me this, but one reason is that research has shown is that couples that um, do spend time together and kind of play together um, are happier. And so, um, and that helps you kind of weather the the harder times. Um, and, um, but what they found that was so interesting was, um, for those who stayed together, not for the ones who divorced, but for those who stayed together, um, at the 20 year mark. So after 20 years, happiness, um, happiness went down in the early years, but then it came back up when they'd been married about 20 years or more. And then with discord, um, which is fighting or arguing that went down over time. Um, and and then finally with shared activities and they that what they include was like eating together uh visiting friends and of course recreation um eating out together sorry <laughs> not just okay. eating together. Oh, well, no, eating but, but, but the reason why i was laughing is because you when i talk with people it's like they sometimes don't even eat dinner together or yes. it's sort of like you know and and i understand why this is and one of the things you know and i did he talk about why they picked the 20 year mark. And the reason why I'm asking is because I know that at least in some past studies, they've shown kind of two, two blips of when couples tend to get divorced. And it's like the five to seven year mark. And then it's like the 20 to 25 year mark. And my interpretation of that, and I've actually not sure I've ever seen it is that's really kind of the impact of children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On uh, you know on the relationship. So is that why they picked the the twenty year mark? Do you know? 
Well, they didn't pick it. Well, that was when that was what was so interesting. They just looked at marriage uh, quality over time, and oh, so they said, yeah. So at, it just showed on all of these three measures after twenty years, um, with the exception of discord, which I think it just kept going down after five years or so. Um, uh -huh. But but the other two things, recreation and um, happiness. Um, went back up after 20 years. And I think you're right. Um, he didn't talk with me about this, but I think I had seen him comment elsewhere about children. And I was just thinking, what are you doing in the first 20 years? You're, you're probably, uh, frankly, raising your kids. And it's, we're sort of in that phase ourselves, personally, me and my husband. And it's very like much about the kids and, and all the activities. And it's, it's stressful on your marriage, I think. And, um, and so I think it's encouraging to know if you get through this part, you know, <laughs> um, things are going to get better and it's, it's easier to enjoy each other maybe when the kids are out of the house. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, that's, that's interesting you said that because I'm at the other end of that. My husband and I um, have been married for 32 years. Our oh, kids. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So we kind of fall into that, that grouping of people who've stayed married and you know, our kids are both out of the home. They're, they're starting their lives and you know, we actually kind of embody this because we've tried over the years to still engage in shared activities, um, you know, going out to specific things, going on, going on vacations by ourselves without the kids, yeah. <laughs> you know, and really focusing on staying connected mm -hmm. Because that's the thing, and it's and it is very hard right now. And I'm sure you're in the middle of this because we are in a child centric society, and we want our kids involved in all this stuff. In fact, I actually just have some new clients, and we were talking about this, and they're telling me they don't have any time to spend together. Yeah, and I'm, saying, and I'm going. I'm going to respectfully call BS on that. You do have the time. It's just a question of what you're doing with that time right exactly yeah yeah and you know but it's but it's really interesting because i think especially around this discord because people think that i mean and it always makes me crazy when you know other of people in my field talk about well it's okay to fight you just have to fight fair and it's like okay first off fighting there's no way to put a positive spin on that word but okay <laughs> But, but it is, it, it sounds like the people who are able to stay married and that discord variable that it goes down, that they find a way to deal with disagreements, difference of opinions in a more productive way than maybe the couples who end up getting divorced. Is that probably a... That's okay. right. And, and maybe also you get used to each other, you know, you get like, I think discord in the beginning maybe is just getting used to each other. Um, but what was interesting to me is, um, at least in the studies he's done on parents who divorce, most, the majority of those are low conflict marriage, uh, Right. marriages. They're not high conflict. So it's, it's sad that, you know, that that's the case. And so I think it's interesting that if discord goes down, you wonder if the people who stuck, who, if they had stuck it out, things might've improved. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And that's one of those things that a lot of people don't want to be told. You right. Know, and, I, and I do know, I mean, and, and, and that's the whole thing about studying children of divorce that actually children who, who are living in high conflict homes do better after the divorce 
but kids who live in low conflict homes, which is what you're saying, Dr. Amato's finding is somewhat prevalent, that those kids actually do worse. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Again, things that some couples don't want to hear. <laughs> yeah. And not to make people feel bad, but that's just, you know, that's just what the research. Right. So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with Elise Elhaj, who's editor of the Family Studies blog about a recent study that shows the majority of couples who stay together don't experience marital decline. So if you would like to be one of those couples but might be struggling a little bit now, I invite you to contact me and take advantage of my free, no obligation, create your Happily Ever After marriage discovery session. You can send me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N is in Nancy, C is in charlie.com. Or you can give me a call at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. Now I want to get back to talking about this study. Um, and so at least there were a couple of other variables that they kind of talked about in this study. One was the level of education, um, because there's, there have been some studies that show that either lower levels of education or lower socioeconomic status create some challenges for marriages and that those marriages don't necessarily last. And, but the one that I find most relevant is kind of like the level of relationship education, which of course is a whole interesting concept in itself. So what did they find in relation to those two things? Um, well, um, what other studies have found um, regarding education specifically is that college educated Americans um, are more likely to marry, have kids in marriage and stay married um, compared to less educated Americans. So um, high school educated or Americans is what we're talking about. Um, in his particular study, um, they didn't find any differences in terms of marital quality um, between the college-educated and the non-college-educated couples. So that was kind of um, interesting. And he actually had no explanation for that. <laughs> um, interesting, that is yeah. really a very different finding than a lot of other studies. Yeah, yeah. And it, this was just marital quality. So how healthy were, were the ones that stayed married? Um, um, but he did say... Um, he did say something about it could be that um, college educated couples have the ability to get um, support and resources that maybe the um, non high school educated, but that has more to do with who's going to divorce. So I don't really know. He couldn't really explain why um, in his study, he didn't find a difference in terms of those who stayed together. Interesting. Um, hmm. Yeah. Um, but relationship, uh, did you want me to answer? I, I could tell you a little bit about the relationship education finding. Um, Absolutely. Cause that's, cause that's where, that's where my thing is. You know, that's, that's, you where, that's what you do. Um, that's what I do. this study didn't look at it, uh, specifically. Um, but I actually asked him about it because I, I, as I was looking at his findings, I thought, um, a lot of the married couples that I know, um, and I'm actually in a group um, with a bunch of couples who've been married 30, 40 years um, through this group, this thing called Marriage Encounter that we do, but um, they often have done something. They've gone to some program, e either through their church, or they've had counseling, or they've had some kind of 
form of education. I always find that they've done something to strengthen their relationship and to sort of get past the hard years. And so I asked him about it. Um, and he said, even though they didn't look at that, they, he, he would like to go back and look at that question. Cause that would be really important to ask the couples that stayed together. But he said, um, he noted that previous research has shown that, um, that couples who undergo some form of, of relationship education, um, whether it's marriage counseling or programs or retreats, they tend to have better quality and stability. And so, um, and we, I wanted to mention, we have a lot of information and articles um, on the Institute for Family Studies blog that points to some of that research if you wanted to look at it. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, but I think generally most marriage marriages experience difficult times. And so um, the couples who do make it through tend to do something, some kind of effort to, um, to get through those times together. I don't think it just happens right. on its own. I mean, maybe for some people who just say that we're going to stay and, and sometimes that is it. Maybe they just say, I'm going to stay and it just gets better, but I think you have to work at it. So, um, well, and I, I think one of the things is, and it's, it's partially why I do this show and it's partially what I try to tell people is, you know, people, you know, I always ask my clients when they come to me, it's like, why did you get married? What was the reason the, the two of you decided we want to take this next step? And inevitably the answer is, well, we were in love. And it's like, great, then what? Because I think people don't understand that, you know, because all the, all the romantic movies, you know, all the romantic comedies, it's always like they end just at the beginning when the couple finally gets, you know, they, they overcome their problems, you know, dating and that kind of thing. And then they decide they're going to ride off into the sunset, live happily ever after. And, but they don't understand that that is not smooth sailing, that right. there are going to be times. And, and one of the things, and this is what we were talking about a little bit earlier, is when you're dealing with children that can create some challenges, but they're normal challenges, but people don't know they're normal. Right. But if they get some relationship education, somebody's going to say, yeah, this is going to be a tough time. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and it's different, I think. And, and you're talking about this group that you're part of with these older couples who can kind of be mentors and kind of say, yeah, what you're going through is, is normal. It, you, you'll, you'll find a way through it. And here are maybe some suggestions. And this is kind of, you know, because the other thing is, is that people think that going to counseling means that you're crazy or that you're going to get, you know, or that if we go there, they're going to tell us to get divorced. I mean, right. right. <laughs> that it's a punishment somehow if you have, if you go and ask somebody about this. Mm -hmm. um, but as I tell people, we're kind of on our second and third generation of divorces. So you may not have actually seen uh, a good marriage. You don't know, you know, and good marriages aren't exactly trouble free. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that's been my experience. I've never seen actually a good marriage in my family. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think when you're, when you have a lot of children divorced that have been through that and they've never seen a healthy marriage or a marriage that makes it, they don't, when something bad happens or something hard happens, you think, well, that's it. That's, that's, that's the end of it. And then, so you need other couples and, or you need a counselor or somebody who says, you know what, that's actually, you can make it through this. And that's not, that's not unusual what you're facing. So I agree with you. Um, right. So, so from your talking with Dr. Motto and, and reading of the study, what was the biggest takeaway from the study? 
Well, the biggest thing for me, the most encouraging finding was, um, and I hope people remember, is that if you're willing to put in the effort to stay the course and to work at it, for most couples, for most couples, marriage gets better with time. And he shared with me um, happy outcomes for couples in long-term marriages, he said, are, quote, the norm. And this should give all of us, um, I think this should give us, those of us who are married, or especially those who are thinking about marriage or engaged, um, it should give us a, a great deal of hope about our future, um, to know that, that happy outcomes for couples who stay together um, is normal. And this is, a, it's the stand, kind of the standard and it's not something unusual. It's something that we can do. So, um, I, I want to ask a question that you may not be able to answer. Um, but was there, so you talked about a little bit ago that some of the couples that didn't make it, um, that he found that didn't make it were, were sort of low conflict couples. So was there any characteristic of the couple that, that he noticed of the couples that didn't make it that would kind of be, because, you know, some marriages can't and shouldn't survive, especially in, in cases where there's abusive behavior and, you know, that kind of thing. But was there anything that was common about the couples that didn't make it? Um, well, the low conflict, um, what he said about low conflict marriages, that is from his research with parental divorce. So parents with children who had divorced. Um, and I'm not sure what he looked at there, but I know in this study, um, as far as the couples who divorced, um, just sort of on the chart over time, it showed that they had, um, of course, higher discord, um, mm -hmm. lower happiness and lower, um, recreate, uh, time together. So, but, but then we don't, I mean, we don't know what would have happened if, maybe if they had stayed, but that's right. what happened prior to the divorce. So, um, yeah, so there's a lesson there, I guess, as well. Yeah, it's just, it's just kind of a really interesting thing because I think that's, that's one of the potential places for a couple to look is what are we doing and how do we, I don't want to say compare because that's really not the word I'm looking for, but how, how do we match up with the couples who make it. And I think that one of the things that you're doing when you have that, that group of married people who are interacting with each other and you've got, you know, however long you've been married and you're talking to these, you know, and you're seeing these couples who've been married 20, 30 years, um, that you can kind of go, Oh, we're doing the, we're doing this in a similar fashion or we're not. I mean, it was one of those things when you talked about, you know, eating together and, and I was just kind of laughing because I remember years ago seeing a sign, um, a billboard sign about that the goal was to have a family dinner once a week. And I'm going, oh, my God, that's your goal? <laughs> once a week. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, and, and it is so complicated because, you know, we are busy. And I think a lot of people get caught up in stuff without necessarily thinking thinking it through intentionally and I think that's one of the issues when kids come into play is that we're all kind of doing that on the fly and we don't ever stop and sit down and think about well what's the impact of you doing this especially my, my husband and I stopped with two kids because we never wanted to be outnumbered <laughs> and 
So, yeah, we, but we kind of had this period of time where it's like, okay, I'll take this one and go this way. You take that one and go the other way. We'll meet, we'll switch and we'll go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so for a little while it was crazy. And if you have more than two, then, then you're outnumbered. I don't know what you do. Um, but, but part of this, I think is sitting back and taking the time to be intentional. What is it that we want to do? So that's kind of one of my things, but do you have any suggestions um, or did doc, or did the study show any suggestions on what couples can do to be successful? Um, I think, um, well, what he seemed to be saying was just um, keep on, you know, keep on keeping on if it's not, if it's not a dangerous marriage or an abusive or adultery or, you know, serial adultery or whatever. Um, to keep you said serial adultery because adultery can be, you, you can overcome that, but not if it's serial. That's, that's right. Right. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard some other, um, yeah, some marriage experts say that. Um, although obviously adultery would be very hard to overcome, but yeah, yes, you're right. It's very hard. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, just from a personal perspective, I, um, just what we've, we've been married, um, 16 years. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I think for us having, um, having other older couples, if you, if you don't have examples of, um, of happy marriages or, or, or just marriages that stayed together, if you don't have that in your family. Um, you need to seek it out because, um, I think it's very, helpful to have that. It gives you hope. It gives you uh, an example. Um, they share their wisdom and it's just, it's so encouraging um, because it can be, I mean, if you just look at your family, then you feel like, well, you know, you just kind of want to give up. So I think that's one thing, but then also just um, communicating together and, and making an effort to um, take time together. That's been something for us is when we take the time to, when the kids are in bed or whatever, to just spend some time together um, talking and sharing um, and for us praying together. Um, it's just, it makes a big difference in our week and in our relationship. And then when we neglect that, um, we, we definitely feel it. So, um, and, and, and then getting help if you need it. Um, I, I, of course, um, counseling, and finding a counselor, I would say this, and I'm sure you'd agree finding someone who's going to be supportive of your marriage and not somebody who's going to say, well, um, I think it's better for you to just to leave this. I mean, somebody who's going to be pro pro marriage for you. Um, right. is important. I think for people to, to seek that out if they're going to get help. So, um, Ab absolutely. And I, I always tell people, if you're going to go find somebody, if you're looking for somebody, go at the question that you need to ask them, you need to ask them a couple of questions. And the first question you need to ask them is how, what percentage of your clientele are married couples? Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of times, you know, you, it, Anybody can, you know, any, anybody with a, with a license can do anything, but that doesn't mean they should. <laughs> and if they if most of their practice is individuals versus couples, then they may not have the experience or that, because I tell my couples, your marriage is my client. Mm -hmm. Oh not, yeah. That's not the two of you individually, but your relationship is my client. That's, mm -hmm. that's where my focus is. Um, and it's, and it's really complicated. And the other thing I really want people to understand is it's like going to get, going to see a professional does not mean, you know, that you're, that somehow you're failing or you're bad or it's punishment or it's, right. it's and like, a lot of, a lot of men think that, do you find oh, that? 
a lot of husbands feel like they can't do that because they feel like that's a failure that that's that they're doing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you find that to be true. Oh, I do. I do. And, and a lot of times, and, and I actually tend to surprise people because, because I'm a woman, a lot of the times the wives think I'm going to quote unquote be on their side and the husbands think, Oh great. I'm going to be in a room with two women. I'm just going to get beaten up. (laughs) Not my office. Um, because, because again, I, I tell them your relationship is, I'm going to call you both out on what you're doing if it's harming your relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I think that this taking time together and, and doing activities together, not, and people, people get confused because, oh, well, we do this as a family. But I think that what this study is showing, it's not as a family, it's as a couple. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Leisure time together. Right. Right. And it's about making that time. And, and I know people are tired. I, I get it. I get it's uh, right now, you know, busy is the new buzzword. It's like, Oh, I'm so busy. And it's like, why? (laughs) Yeah. And, and I understand people want downtime. I get it. But as I tell people, nothing, you know, nothing thrives on neglect and your marriage isn't going to either. Um, So, Elise, where can people find out more about where they can get some more information about keeping their marriages healthy, more studies like this? Um, Can you share with that? Yeah. um, Well, I would point them to the Institute for Family Studies website. Um, It's ifstudies.org. That's our main website. And then if um, ifstudies.org slash blog, um, the family studies blog, which is I I edit, um, but, um, and I also write for it a little bit. And we just got a lot of great, um, we've got some um, marriage counselors who write for us. We have some, um, a lot of marriage researchers who've been studying all of this kind of thing, like why people stay together, uh, why people divorce, um, what you can do better. And so we have just a lot of great resources there. Um, and then you can follow us on Twitter at fam studies, um, is our Twitter handle. Um, and we're also on Facebook Institute for family studies. So I would point you there. Um, and, um, and then we have, um, on the site, some, um, links to other resources and other groups as well. So, Great. So I just want to share that the great British Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli once said, there are three kinds of lies, lies, damn lies, and statistics. And many of the things we believe about marriage fall into one of those categories. And the truth is, marriage can be until death. And it doesn't mean having a boring or a miserable one. So if you can navigate the challenging times, you can have a happily ever after. And you can be one of those older, loving couples that warm our hearts. So I hope you'll keep listening. And until next week, stay loving. Stay loving.